Hello, folks, and welcome to the Modern Agile Show, episode 29. I am sorry I've been gone a little while, but I am back, and we're going to start making more of these shows more regularly. I always say that, don't I? Well, we are. And uh, today, I'm excited to be talking a little bit about safety and retrospectives. Uh, I learned about retrospectives from a guy named Norm Kurth. Now, if you haven't heard about Norm, I'm going to read an important couple of passages from his book. And uh, that book is, is Project Retrospectives, a very important book. So, but I'm going to start off with a little story as I normally do. Um, several years ago, I was coaching a team and we had um, moved from an, a second floor down to a first floor area that was more of a, an open space. And people basically, uh, brought their computers down and the open space was designed for the group to uh, to basically do a form of extreme programming at the time. So we're actively working together and um, we started doing, you know, regular retrospectives after every iteration. Back then we did iterations, same as sprints. We call them iterations in XP. So one particular individual um, every time we ran the retrospective at the end of the iteration, he would say, when I said, what's not working well, he would say, oh, um, the, the open space is not working well. And I would say, um, okay, can you give me a little more like specifics? What's not working well about it? And he'd say, oh, you know what? I, it's just not working well. So the first time we did this um, iteration retrospective, I was like, okay, well, I'll write that up. Then, you know, two weeks later, the same thing happened. I said, what's not working well? Or what, what, what's still on this list of not working well? Oh, the open workspace area is not working well. Has it changed? Is anything? No, I want to keep it there, the fellow said. I want to keep it there. It's still not working well. And I said, can you give me more? Like, what's not working well specifically? He wouldn't say a word about it. Just it's not working well. Okay, two weeks later. I'm getting a bit frustrated about this. It's sitting there, this thing, this problem, right? The open workspace problem is, is in the needs improvement section of our retrospective. And once again, you know, he says, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to talk about specifics. It's not working well. Fine. I, the, the retrospective ended, the third one. And I said, I'm going to go talk to this individual one-on-one. -on -one. And I went to talk to him. And uh, then he kind of opened up to me and he said, Josh, here, here's the thing. You know, there's several things I don't like about this open workspace. One of the things is where I'm sitting, there's a wall pretty close next to me. It's a, a cubicle wall, a, a wall nevertheless. And people are constantly walking behind me and I've got to move my chair around all day long. And it's very uncomfortable. I don't like it. I said, oh, well, that, that sounds terrible. And he said, and another thing, when I was upstairs, I had uh, plants in my cubicle and I miss having plant life around. And I also liked having some pictures of my kids around and I don't have those anymore. And that's why I don't like the open workspace. And I said, wow, okay, well, thank you for all the details. That's wonderful. And then it was about lunchtime. Um, but I did say to him one more thing. I asked him a question. I said, where would you like to sit in this open workspace environment? 
And he immediately pointed over there near a window and said, I'd like to sit right there by that window. I said, oh, fine, thank you. That's great. Well, maybe we can make that happen for you. And then he went to lunch. I tracked down a facilities guy. And the facilities guy, I, I knew that to get this fellow's computer moved over to the window area, I would need a long ethernet cable. And the facilities guy said to me, you know, when I asked him, could I get a long ethernet cable? He said, ah, oh, that's gonna take about six weeks. And I said, "Never mind." And what I did was I, I drove to a an electronic store. I bought a 20 foot or 30 foot ethernet cable. As I'm driving back from lunch, I see someone selling plants on the side of the road. I picked up a few beautiful plants. Then I came back into the office on the first floor. There were a ton of open desks available down there. So I asked someone to help me. We moved a desk over to that window area. I put the plants on the desk. We moved the guy's computer over and strung the ethernet cable in. When he came back from lunch, he had a beautiful place to sit. We solved the problem. Now, I was not so happy that he was so passive about the whole thing, but why couldn't he have done this? But that was an issue there, right? This was a problem uh, of him feeling disempowered. So yeah, the needs improvement column with that, with that item about the open workspace, that went away, right? We solved the problem. Unfortunately, I as the coach solved the problem and that's not really what I hope to do as a coach. I like to empower people to solve their own problems. Why do I tell this story? Well, there's several things that were going on here in hindsight that I look at. One of them is that this fellow didn't feel comfortable talking about the issues in a public setting. He couldn't say publicly, I don't like where I sit, it's uncomfortable, I'm missing my plants, I'm missing the photos of the kids and so forth. He just didn't feel comfortable in that setting. I had no idea that he was uncomfortable. And this brings us to Norm Kurth's wonderful book, Project Retrospectives. Now, Norm um, was an uh, incredible mentor of mine. I feel so grateful that he was one of my mentors in the, in the 90s and 2000s. And Norm wrote this fantastic book, Project Retrospectives, a handbook for team reviews. He wrote it over the course of many years, and it came out in 2001. Now, Jerry Weinberg, who I'm sorry to say just recently passed away, um, was also an incredible mentor and friend of Norm's colleague. They worked together. Um, Gerald Weinberg said, this book belongs in the library of every project manager for any kind of project everywhere. So he had an incredibly high regard for this book. If you're not familiar with it, I highly recommend you pick it up. Norm Kurth. So I do want to read a passage from it that's directly related to the story I just told, okay? And I'll first start off at the very beginning of the book where Norm is talking about his famous prime directive. And he says, for a retrospective to be effective and successful, it needs to be safe, right? If you're watching Modern Agile shows and you know about Modern Agile, we say make safety a prerequisite. Well, this is directly related. Norm goes on to say, by safe, I mean that the participants must feel secure within their community to discuss their work, to admit that there may have been better ways to perform the work, and to learn from the retrospective exercise itself. Safety must be developed and maintained. While safety is ultimately the responsibility of all the participants in a retrospective, 
The facilitator needs to initiate, monitor, and control the safety. Part of being safe means knowing that there will be no retribution for being honest, such as being given a negative evaluation during the next performance review. Trust must be established and maintained during a retrospective. And then, of course, he introduces his famous prime directive, which says, regardless, this is something that we say together at the beginning of a retrospective, regardless of what we discover, we must understand and truly believe that everyone did the best job he or she could, given what was known at the time, his or her skills and abilities, the resources available, and the situation at hand. That's the prime directive, and it's there to establish safety. But Norm goes much further in the book, and there is a safety exercise. It's the create safety exercise. It starts out around page 108 when he starts discussing this. And there are basically about four different steps to creating uh, safety in that exercise. I'm really just going to focus on step number two right now. Step number two is a poll that you take, okay, a survey. And I'm going to read this word for word because it's so important. Step two, take a poll of how safe people feel. Remark to the group that there are managers in the room and ask whether people feel safe enough to say what needs to be said. Tell the group that you need to measure the level of safety in the room. By means of secret ballots, take a vote on safety using the rating scale of one to five, in which five means, hey, no problem, I'll say anything. A vote of four means, I'll say most things, but a few things might be hard to say. A mid-scale three means, I'll share some things, but keep a few to myself. Lower down, a two means, I'm not going to say much. Mostly, I'll let other people bring up issues. And then lowest on the safety scale, a one means, I'll smile, claim everything is great, and agree with whatever the, manager say, the managers say. No way will I let them know what I really think. Hmm, okay, so this is the scale from five to one, where five is you're completely open to saying anything, and one is you're not saying much at all, you're just smiling and you're very unhappy, right? If you've followed any of what we've been talking about in terms of psychological safety, Norm Kurth's uh, advice here to do a uh, safety poll, a poll about how safe people feel to speak, is extremely important. Actually, I wish I'd done it all those years ago with respect to that uh, issue around the, the fellow who's uncomfortable in the open space. I might have gotten a little more information about the fact that there were people in the room who didn't feel comfortable to speak. So this is just part of his four steps in, in, in the Create Safety exercise, but of course an incredibly important one. And that's what I wanted to leave you with today. Um, there are so many techniques and practices to help establish the principle, make safety a prerequisite. Um, we need to constantly be educating ourselves on how to implement that principle. It's a principle, make safety a prerequisite. Many, many, many ways to implement it. And you know, as practitioners of Modern Agile, we just need to get better at that. So maybe try the uh, the five-scale uh, voting system, which again was very private, right? People write this privately, submit it, no one's exposing what their, what their rating is. It's a wonderful way to gauge uh, the, the room. Um, 
and, and try that out on your next retrospective. Maybe it will uh, help you understand the levels of safety or lack of safety in the room. Again, thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the show, please share this with others and we will be back for more episodes soon.